Good morning. I want to welcome you this morning to uh, Eagles Wing Church uh, via Facebook Live. We are uh, in the midst of the uh, COVID-19 outbreak, and so we're being forced to do things a little bit different. But uh, one of the things that we are not going to stop doing is we're not going to stop meeting together and worshiping. We just have had to change the way we meet together. Uh, I'm coming to you uh, via Facebook Live this morning, and I just want to invite you to to pull up a chair, uh, get out your Bible, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna worship together. We're going to uh, study God's Word together this morning, and uh, and uh, hopefully God will will move among us, as well as uh, hopefully God will will use this to to bring some uh, encouragement and some uh, fortification and some uh, challenge to each of us. Uh, one of the things I want to do is I want us to, to start our, our service like we do every service here at Eagles Wing. We always invite the presence of God to come. I, I say this very often that we don't, uh, we understand God is omnipotent and, and omniscient, that he's all-powerful and he's, uh, he knows everything. He's also omnipresent. He's everywhere present at the same time. But we don't want to take for granted that uh, his uh, his omnipresence, we want to invite invite him to uh, to personally be with us in this moment. And so, I just want to stop for a moment, and I want to pray, and then uh, I, I want to welcome each of you uh, again to Eagles Wing Church. Father, we bless you this morning. Uh, our desire this morning, Father, is to worship you in spirit and in truth. Uh, Lord, your word says in in Psalms to be still. And to know that you're God. And so this morning, Father, we, we still our souls, we still our spirits, we still our bodies and our minds. Uh, Lord, you are God. Your word tells us to know you, to experience you. And so, Father, our desire this morning is to experience you in your fullness. Lord, you speak this morning. Uh, you, you do what only you can do. And we'll bless you and we'll praise you. Father, I thank you for those who have uh, who've tuned in, for those that are part of our our church body here at Eagles Wing Church, and also, Father, for those that are visiting, perhaps they've stumbled on this or uh, will stumble on it. Lord, I pray that you will bless them, that uh, they'll hear your truth this morning. Uh, Holy Spirit, we ask you now to come. We ask you to uh, control this, to take care of this. Uh, you do what you want to do. Lord, we don't have an agenda. We're here, Lord, to, to share your plan, your purpose, your agenda. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, one of the things that uh, has become apparent, I hope, to most of you is that normal is not normal anymore. Uh, we're, we're having to uh, find a new normal, which means we're having to adjust our schedules uh, and, and to adjust the way we do things, which has caused a great deal of panic and a great deal of fear in most people, uh, even, even the Christians. And so this morning, I just want to I want to, to before we even begin uh, to worship, I, I want to remind you of some things. And, and the number one thing is, is that, that God is in control. He, he hasn't given up control to, to a virus. He's still in control. Uh, he calls on us to be as wise as serpents and as helpless, and, or and not helpless, but uh, as careful as doves. He, he wants us to, to be gentle and kind, but he also wants us to be smart. And so we're coming to you uh, via this method and this means because uh, our, our uh, leaders that we have chosen and, and put in positions of leadership, those that uh, know more about the medical 
uh, feel than we do. They have uh, said that this would be beneficial and that this is necessary. And so uh, we're uh, submitting ourselves to our, our governing authorities, but we're not stopping worship. And they're not asking us to. They're asking us not to meet in large groups. So we're not doing that. Uh, one of the things that uh, I want to encourage you as, as uh, specifically as members of Eagles Wing Church is I want to encourage you not to be afraid. Don't be fearful. Faith and fear have a hard time existing in the same place. And in fact, faith cannot exist where fear is and fear cannot exist where faith is. And so I'm, I'm calling on you to, uh, to, to, to walk in faith, to step out in faith. There are a ton of things you can do. One of those things is to turn your TV off every once in a while and just simply take a deep breath. You might even get your Bible out. You might spend a little time uh, reading what God's Word says. Uh, we're getting plenty of, of bad news. We're getting some good news, but we're getting a lot of bad news. And, and that bad news sometimes can overwhelm a person. And so you need to know when to turn your, your telephone off. You need to get your information from, critical, uh, from credible places. Uh, there are, are several websites. I'm not going to be one to, to give those out, but uh, there are several websites that can give you the information you need to make good choices. And you need to make good choices, but you don't need to hide. Okay, and I want you to hear my heart here. There are tons of things you can do as a believer. You have a telephone, most of you do. Most of you have a computer. So you can contact people. And, and I really believe you need to check on some people. Maybe some people you haven't talked to uh, lately. Maybe some older adults that, uh, that are not able to get out. Maybe they don't have access to, to the, the different uh, uh, ways of communicating with each other. But most of them have a telephone. You need to call some people and talk to them in person. You need to check on them. I would encourage you uh, to, to not freeze up, but still be the church. We just have to be creative about it. We have uh, several in our, our body now that could uh, use some prayer, and I want us to pray for them. I want us to stop for a moment and pray for them. We have uh, senior adults that, uh, that uh, are, are uh, have different things uh, going on with them physically, and so we want to pray for their needs. We have a, a, a very special couple that, that we love and that we work with in Mexico, Pedro and Alma Martinez, and, and uh, Alma is continue, continuing her treatments for her back. And Pedro, I've gotten news that Pedro's going to have surgery on his arm uh, this coming Tuesday in Monterey. And so we want to pray for them this morning. We want to pray for our leaders in our nation. And we want to ask God to guide them. We want to pray for our first responders, our, our doctors, our nurses. Uh, we want to pray for uh, the medical profession as a whole. Uh, we want to pray specifically that they can get the supplies that they need and that God would just just pour out a, a stillness on this nation and on the nations of the world that, that, that the panic and the fear would subside and that, uh, that we, would, we would be still. Uh, I keep coming back to the passage in Psalms. Be still and know that I'm God. I will. Whatever we need, God is our I will. And so this morning, as, as we pray, we want to lift up uh, our, our, our members. We want to lift up those that uh, are not members, that, that, that other churches. We, want to, we just want to lift up the people that are in need. I want to ask you to pray specifically uh, 
uh, for Mary John. Mary John's uh, had to have a little bit more surgery uh, for her sh uh, shoulder and her collarbone, and so we want to pray for her and and, uh, and just lift her up as well during this time. I'm going to pray, and then uh, what I'd like to do is encourage you. Uh, God's given us a, a word this morning. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to become an encourager of others. I also want to, to fortify you, and by that I mean I want to give you some things that will build you up so that you will have something to give others. And then I want to challenge you. Uh, I want to challenge you to step out and be the church. I want to challenge you to be citizens of God's kingdom uh, and, and to reach out and to minister. Uh, too often we play for, pray for blessings. We pray for God, bless me, bless me, bless me. I'm calling on the church, and I'm calling on specifically Eagles Wing Church. Uh, to Instead of praying, uh, God bless me, why don't we step out and bless others? As we bless others, God will bless us. We don't have to worry about that. There are so many people around us in our neighborhoods, uh, in, 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 in different aspects of, of, of our life, family members, that, that need us to step out and to serve them. And so we want to do that. And so I want to just pray for us this morning. And, and then uh, we're going to do, we're going to follow the Holy Spirit's leading and we'll go from there. Father, we bless you again. We praise you. Lord, we want to pray for, for those this morning, Lord, that uh, are in need. Father, we lift up this morning specifically uh, doctors and nurses and and the medical profession. We pray for our policemen. We pray, Father, for our first responders as they respond uh, in this crisis situation. Father, I thank you that in this time of crisis, you have not left us. Lord, your word says that you will not forsake us. You will not leave us. That we can, in the midst of this storm, we can still have the peace that surpasses all understanding. And that peace would guide us and guard us, uh, our hearts, and, and our minds in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, we pray for that. I pray, Father, that the church would rise up and be the church. I pray, Father, uh, specifically uh, this morning for those in our body uh, that need a touch. Lord, I pray for Mary John. I pray that you'll just bless her and strengthen her. Uh, thank you for uh, the, the, what's happened as far as, as how she's healing. Lord, I pray you'll bless her and bless her family. Lord, I want to pray today for, for Pedro and Alma. Lord, I pray that you would work in their bodies. Father, guide them, guard them. Uh, bless Andrea, their daughter, Lord, Danny, their son. Keep them safe, Lord. I just pray for, for missionaries all over the world, Father, uh, who are ministering in, in the face of, uh, of, of, of this uh, uh, virus. Lord, I pray that you would guard them. I pray that the gospel would go forth. Lord, you, you have... have Put us in a place uh, where we can, we can be everything that you've called us to be. And so this morning, Father, we just confess that you are Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. You're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. And so we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. This is uh, the first time in the history of Eagles Wing Church. We're a little over nine years old. And this is the first Sunday we've not met together uh, as a body. And, and so uh, it, it, this is kind of a, a unique situation. And, uh, and we don't usually, we usually have a, our worship team comes on and they lead us in some worship. And uh, we have an awesome worship team here and I love them. But uh, 
due to to keeping them safe and keeping you safe uh, that that's not possible and so this morning I, I do want us to to, to, to stop for just a minute and just worship a little bit. And so I'm going to encourage you there. When, as I was growing up, we used, to, we used to sing a song every Sunday morning. It's called the doxology. Uh, most of you know this song. And so I'm just going to encourage you to sing it with me. And, uh, and we may sing another song or two, and then we'll, we'll get into the, the message as, as God would call us. But I'm going to ask you to sing uh, the doxology with me. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. you to sing this one with me. You'll know this one. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to Like the fragrance 
after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about your name. I just want to ask you, wherever you are right now, listening with me, I want you just to say the name of Jesus with me. Jesus. Let's say it again. Jesus. Jesus. Lord, we bless you this morning with our worship. Now, Father, we ask you to speak to us from your word. Teach us so that we can be effective citizens of your kingdom. Teach us, Lord, so that we can reach out to those who need a touch today and tomorrow. Teach us, Lord, so that we can bless you and bring glory and honor to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Several weeks ago, uh, we began a, a new series. Uh, we, we do series-style uh, preaching and teaching here at Eagle's Wing. And, and we're in a new series. We're, we're in a series called Kingdom Culture, A Life Worth Living. Uh, one of the things that we're looking at is the kingdom of God. And, and if you're a believer this morning, you've probably heard a lot of different teaching on the kingdom of God. Uh, some of it uh, is really good teaching, and some of it may not be so good teaching. But one of the things that, uh, that is, as, as individuals and followers of Jesus Christ, we need to understand the kingdom. The king and the kingdom, the kingdom of God and the king who is God, is the key critical component to interpreting all of Scripture, both Old Testament and New Testament. Uh, the, the, all of Scripture hinges on the King and His kingdom. And if we understand the King, who is God, who is Jesus Christ, and we understand the kingdom of God, then, then we can understand what Scripture has to say. Uh, when Jesus came, He came preaching the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so it's important that we understand what is the gospel of the kingdom of God. And, and if we study scripture closely, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John give us a beautiful picture of that kingdom. It, 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 they give us a beautiful picture of what that kingdom looks like, how we are to live as kingdoms, uh, kingdom inhabitants. And, and, and the word that scripture uses is as citizens. Now, we've spent uh, three weeks previous to this. We've introduced the kingdom of God and what the kingdom is. We've, we've learned that the kingdom is the realm over which the king rules, and God rules over everything. He is ruler by virtue of who he is and by virtue of him being the creator. He has created everything that we know, everything that we see, the visible, and then those things we can't see, the invisible. He is the only uncreated thing. He is eternal. So therefore, he is king over everything. Now, this planet, is in rebellion. This creation is in rebellion because of sin. And so God is reclaiming that kingdom step by step, one step at a time. He did that by sending the king, and the king died on the cross for us so that you and I could once again be citizens of the kingdom. And this morning, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at royal citizens, what it means to be a citizen 
of God's kingdom, what it means to, to live under the rule of the king. And it's essential for you and me to understand who God is, that he's the king of the king, the king of kings. It's also essential that you and I understand stand our identity, who we are. Who we are in the kingdom is, is essential for learning how to live in the kingdom. If I don't know who I am and I don't know whose I am, and by that, that I mean I don't know who I belong to, we belong to God. But if I don't understand who I belong to, then I won't understand who I am. And if I don't understand who I am, then I won't ever understand my true identity and I will never grasp the potential and the capacity that God has placed within me and that God has placed within you. Knowing whose we are helps us understand who we are. It helps us understand our identity. And if we know our identity, then we know why we're here. One of the saddest questions that a man or a woman, a human being can, can get to is, is that at the end of their life, they wonder why they were put here on this planet. We have been put here to carry forth the kingdom of God, to walk that kingdom out in our lifestyle. And by understanding who we are, it unlocks the divine potential that Christ has deposited in each of us. And he put it there the moment we were born again or that we were born from above by the Holy Spirit. You and I have a purpose. But if we don't understand our identity and we don't understand that we are citizens of the kingdom of God, then we won't live like citizens. And if we don't live like citizens, then the kingdom does not extend through us. Then, then people are not touched by us. So if you know Jesus Christ this morning as your Lord and Savior, I want to say this to you and I want you to understand this very clearly, that you are a royal citizen of God's kingdom. It's not something you will become. It's something that you are. You became a citizen the moment you came to Jesus Christ, that you, you came by faith through the gospel of Jesus Christ. He called you. He gave you faith to believe and you believed. And at that moment, you were born again. You were born anew. You were, you were as, as Jesus tells Nicodemus, there, there has to be, you have to be born again. You have to be born from, from above. And if, if that's the case, then, then King Jesus reigns over the kingdom of God, and he reigns over you. And, and he always reigns and relates to his citizens through covenant. And we've looked at covenant. We've looked at what covenant is. It's, it's the relationship. It's, a, it's the agreement that the king has with, with, with those who are in his kingdom. It's, the, it's the, the relationship that the citizens have with their king. And he does not relate to us outside of covenant. And he's given us a new covenant. That's what the New Testament is about, the new covenant in Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus Christ uh, didn't just write a covenant. He became our covenant. We learned about that the last time we met together. This morning, we want, to, we want to look at what it means to be a citizen. You and I, if you know Jesus Christ this morning, you and I are not strangers. We're not foreigners. We're not uh, resident aliens. We're not living in a place that's not ours. No, instead, we are, we're not even immigrants. You see, we are citizens. You and I 
are royal citizens. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Uh, typically, we have this up on the screen. This just means you're going to have to use your, your, your Bible this morning or, or your online Bible. I want you to turn with me to Ephesians 2, 19. Uh, Paul writes this, he says, so then, and, and that so then points us back to something that Paul has been talking about all the way uh, through chapters 1 and chapter 2 up to verse 19. Uh, because we are in Christ, that's our position as, as believers, we are in Christ. That's our position. And, and we are in Christ because he has shed his blood for us. And in light of that, he has become our peace. He has given us access through himself, through his blood, by the Spirit, to the Father. We can access the presence of Father God through the Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus Christ. So then, he says, you're no longer strangers. You're no longer aliens. You're not outsiders, is what Paul's trying to say. You're not someone who comes into a, a kingdom and, and has no rights. You're not someone uh, who comes into a kingdom uh, that, that is going to be persecuted and, and, and pursued and, and driven out. No, no, you're, you're, you're not aliens. You're not strangers. You're not, uh, you're not immigrants. You are fellow citizens. Listen to what he says. You are fellow citizens with the saints, with his holy ones, literally. Uh, depending on uh, what branch or stream of, of Christianity you come out of, saints means a lot of different things. But literally, saints means holy ones, those whom Jesus Christ has justified and is sanctifying, the holy ones, those have, who are set apart. Literally, what he's saying is you are fellow citizens with the holy ones, the saints, and you are of God's household. Now, my ancestors and, and probably everyone who's listening to me, except for, for Native Americans, you're, you came to this country. If you're listening to me in the United States, you came to this country as an immigrant. And literally, the Native Americans came at some point to this country. They immigrated. They came into this country. We all are immigrants. My ancestors came from Scotland. They came through Ireland. Uh, they were strangers. They were aliens in, in, in a foreign land uh, uh, until they were able to assimilate into the, the culture of this nation. They were just common, hardworking people. Some of them were frontiersmen. Some of them were soldiers. Some of them were farmers. Some of them were miners. As far as I know, none of them had any royal blood in them. They weren't born with blue blood. They had no money. They were just hardworking people in society. And yet they were immigrants to this country. But I've got some good news for you this morning. We don't immigrate into the kingdom of God. There's no such thing as an immigration policy. We enter the kingdom of God through a very sovereign act of God. God chooses, and God gives us faith to believe, but we are delivered. Literally, we are rescued. That's what the, the word means in Colossians 1.13. We are delivered. We're rescued from from death, and we're rescued from hell, and we're transferred, deported. Literally, that word transport, we're deported from one, uh, one place into another place, and we're to become a colony of life. Our destination is God's, is, is Christ's kingdom. Uh, listen to what he says and what Paul says in Colossians 1.13. He says, for God delivered us from the domain, from the authority, from the kingdom 
of darkness. We were taken from the kingdom of darkness. Think about that for a moment. Every one of us were born into a kingdom of darkness. We didn't know God. And God reached into that kingdom and he rescued us. That's what it means to, to be delivered. It means to be rescued. He rescued us from the domain, from the kingdom of darkness. And then he transferred us. He transferred. He transported us. He, he deported us from that kingdom and made us a colony of his kingdom. He transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Listen, the kingdom of God is far more than a destination, folks. It's a destiny. It's, it's a new way of life. It's, it's a life worth living. And this new way of life, this life worth living, comes to us through the new birth. We are born again. We're, we're, we're born from above, literally, into the family of God. We're not admitted into the kingdom like you are into a kingdom here on this earth. We're, we're, not, we're not admitted to the kingdom of God through naturalization. If you immigrate to the United States, you, you are not, you, to become a citizen, you have to go through a process and you are naturalized as a citizen. But, but that, that doesn't apply in the kingdom of God. We're not foreigners who are given citizenship. No, we are supernaturalized. And by that, listen to what I'm talking about. We are birthed into the kingdom supernaturally. We are supernaturally born citizens. Jesus said to Nicodemus, if you remember, Nicodemus came to, to Jesus and, and Nicodemus was the, uh, he was the teacher of teachers, the scholar of scholars. He was the PhD of PhDs in religion in the nation of Israel. And he comes to Jesus by night because he, he has heard Jesus teach. He's heard the things that Jesus has said. He's seen the miracles that Jesus has done. And all of a sudden, his, his, his system is in crisis. And so he comes to Jesus to ask questions, to learn. Uh, Nicodemus is a man who is seeking truth. And he comes to Jesus, and, and he, 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 Jesus says to him in John 3, 3, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, I say to you, Nicodemus, I say to, to everyone, unless one is born again, born from above, that's literally what born again means. It means to be born of the Holy Spirit. He or she cannot see the kingdom of God. He says it again in, in John chapter 3, verse 5, just a couple of verses later. Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. We don't enter the kingdom of God as aliens, we don't enter the kingdom of God through naturalization process. We enter it by being supernaturally born again. We enter the kingdom by the grace of Jesus Christ through faith in Jesus Christ. God gives us grace and we enter and we're born again by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, who he is and what he's done. Our kingdom doesn't have borders uh, open borders. It doesn't. You don't have to get a visa to get into the kingdom of God like you do in, into our country and to many countries in, in, in the United States. Uh, I, I've been able to travel uh, into several countries around the world, and very often you have to stop in the, and once you cross the border into that nation and get a visa. That visa gives you permission to travel in that country. But we don't have to have a visa. We don't. We we're not required uh, to get 
uh, papers that will that will give us an opportunity to go into the kingdom of God. Because there's only one border crossing, and his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus said it very, very clearly in John chapter 10, verse 7. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door. Jesus is the doorway into God's kingdom. We come through Jesus. Uh, Jesus says this in John chapter 14, verse 6. He says, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. I want you to, to listen to me. Jesus didn't say, I am a way. He doesn't say that I am a truth, or as it's very oftenly uh, uh, said now, uh, everyone says, well, I want you to listen to my truth. Jesus doesn't say that. He says, I am the truth. And then he says this, I am the life. So therefore, there's only one way, there's only one true, and there's only one real life that we should we should pursue and that's Jesus Christ and then he he adds a an exclamation mark on the a mark on the end of, of, of this verse he says no one comes to the father except through me Jesus is the door he's the, the the border crossing into the kingdom of God and so if I want to enter into the kingdom of God I have to come through Jesus Christ. Now, I want to be very clear about that, I, that there's only one way. Now, this new birth places us in Christ. And what happens is when we are born again, when we are born from above, born by the Spirit, when we are, 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 are made new, we become new creatures. And, and I, want to, I want to share a verse with you that is, is a very powerful verse. It's found in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, if any man is or woman, if any person is in Christ, he or she is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. When we are born again, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, that old person goes away, and a new person is birthed. We are born into the kingdom. I hope you see where I'm going. We are born citizens in the kingdom. We, we don't come in as immigrants. We don't come in as, as foreigners. We come in as, and as sons and daughters of the king. Literally, what scripture says is, is we're not rehabilitated. We're not remodeled. God's not remodeling you. He's not remodeling me. He's not rehabilitating me. He's not rehabilitating you. We are recreated. We are born again, born from above. And what happens is we become royal citizens as a result of this new birth. And it's, it's, it, it, this new birth is a birth into a specific family. We are born into the family of God. We're not only born into this family. Scripture tells us that God adopts us into this family. We become his sons and his daughters. I don't want you to miss this royal aspect, this royal idea is a really big deal. And it, and if you, I think if you get this idea of being a royal citizen, not just a citizen, you know, in America, you can be a citizen, but you're not necessarily a, a cousin or a brother or assistant, a sister of necessarily the president or the vice president or, or someone who uh, holds an office. But in God's kingdom, Every man, every woman, every child who's a part of that kingdom is a part of God's family. We are royal. God's the king, 
but we are his royal sons and daughters. And it's really, really important. Every member of God's household uh, 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 who becomes a part of his household uh, becomes a part of his house. We live in his house. And we don't live in his house as servants or as slaves or, or maybe field hands or housekeepers or cooks or groundskeepers. No, we are the sons and the daughters of the king. I want you to listen to what Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 17 says. It says this. Paul says this. He, he's writing to believers in Rome, and he says, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God. Listen, you can't be led by the Spirit of God unless you have been born through the Spirit of God, unless the Spirit of God resides in you. All who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, that, that means that you are the sons and the daughters of God, but there's a particular meaning that I want to look at here in a few moments uh, so that will help you better understand this idea of sons of God. He goes on to say, For you have not received a spirit of slavery, a spirit of fear, a spirit of bondage. God hasn't put on you bondage. He hasn't put on you slavery. He hasn't called you from the kingdom of darkness where we were in bondage into another kingdom where we just put on more bondage. No, he's called us into a kingdom where there is no bondage, where there is complete freedom to be all that he created us to be. So he's not given us a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. Listen to me. We are in a moment in our history where if we're not careful, fear will take over. You and I have to plant our feet. We have to stand firm, and we have to hold on to Jesus. COVID-19 is a storm. COVID-19 came, and it will go. God has not left us. He has not departed from us. He has not, he has not abandoned us. He is right here with us, and he's calling us to stand in faith and listen to him. You see, God's still speaking. He wants his people to stand up and be royal citizens. We are here to make a difference. We are here to make a difference in, in, in people's lives that, that are fearful and frightened and scared, and rightly so. They don't know Jesus. They don't have the peace that surpasses understanding. You and I do. Our job is to share that peace with him, to act like citizens. You see, he goes on to say, we've not begun a spirit of fear, but we have received a spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. That, that word Abba means Papa. It means Daddy, Daddy God. We can address God the Father as our Abba, as our Father, as our Daddy. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children... And the kingdom of God is a member of the royal household, a part of the royal family, regardless of what our social situation is on this planet at this moment. Regardless of what our, our personal position is in, 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 in the workplace or in, in, in standings around us. Uh, we are a, a part of that family. Our heavenly father is the king. You are a royal citizen, a son or a daughter who's been chosen by God. Where are you? Go ahead. Now, 
not only are you chosen, not only are you a royal citizen, Scripture says you have a special position according to Romans chapter 8 and, and several other passages of Scripture. You have a special position in the family of God. It, it says that you are a son of God. Now listen, the translators, the writers of Scripture, the writers of Scripture, the translators who translated Scripture, they weren't sexist. They weren't exclusionary when they used the term son. Rather, there's a, there's a deep, rich meaning that, that I want each of you to understand. If you're male or female, man or woman, boy or girl, there, there's a reason that the Holy Spirit chose the word son to, to, to refer to all of us. We are, we, he uses that term rather than, than, than son and daughter or, uh, or children. Uh, many of the translations have, have taken this, this idea of son out and replaced children with it. But what's happened is when you, when you take the, the, this idea out, you lose the meaning of what the Holy Spirit intended. That word son there carries a very specific meaning. And they understood it in Jesus' time. They understood it uh, when, when Paul wrote uh, these words. It, it referred to rather than a male uh, a son necessarily it referred uh, to uh, a very specific meaning in, in Bible times it always referred to the firstborn son the firstborn son always received a double portion of his inheritance he always received a, 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 a double of what the father would give to the rest of the children he inherited twice as much as his siblings did and so what, what Scripture is trying to tell us in the latter part of Romans chapter 8, verse uh, 17, is it says if we're, if we're children, then we're heirs also of God and fellow heirs with Christ. We're sons. We're firstborn sons. We're not Jesus. I don't want you to mistake uh, that right now. We're not Jesus, but we are firstborn sons. We receive exactly what Jesus receives. Everything that God has, he's given to Jesus. And everything that Jesus has, he's given to us. We are firstborn sons, male and female. We have become royal members of God's household. We've been given a double portion. You receive a double portion, meaning you have everything that you need to live this life. Everything. It's available and it's accessible. Romans 8, 17 tells us that we are heirs of God and fellow heirs of uh, with Christ. That simply means that whatever the Father has, he's given to us. Whatever Jesus has, whatever the Father has given to Jesus, we likewise receive through Jesus Christ. Peter put it this way uh, in 1 Peter 2.9. He says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Pay attention to this. A people for God's own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. As a citizen of heaven, we are all firstborn sons. We are handpicked by God. We are kingly priests who are members of a set-apart nation, a kingdom. That's literally what the kingdom of God is. It's, 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 it's a people who belong to God and, 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 and belong to him alone. 
Man, I like that. That excites me, especially when the enemy shows up, when the devil shows up, and, and, and he shows up in my life to accuse me and to condemn me. I, I know he never does that in your life, but if he does, I want you to listen to me this morning. You don't have to listen to that. I don't have to listen to that, and neither do you. Tell the devil who you are. Tell him who you are in Christ. Remind him of your position with regard to his position. He is not a son or a daughter of, uh, of God. He is not a royal citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, tell him who you are and, 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 and tell him out loud. Tell him you are in Christ. Remind him of your position with regard to his. When you truly believe what scripture says, when you truly believe what the Bible teaches and you start putting it into action, listen, you know what will take place? The devil will back off from you. You have to put it in action. It's because once you put it in action, it's not just something you have in your head. It's not something you say you believe in your heart. You listen, when you really believe something in your heart, you act upon it. If you don't act upon it, you don't believe it. And so if we begin to act out and we begin to live out our citizenship, and we begin to live out our position, our identity in Christ, who God says we are, then you know what? The enemy, he'll pay attention to it. He's betting that you don't believe it. So you need to tell him. You need to act like you believe it. He doesn't fear things that we say we believe. He fears when we begin to act on our beliefs, when we begin to act like the sons and the daughters of God who know the resources and the inheritance of their heavenly father. He, 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 he backs off when, when he realizes that you know who you are because he already knows who you are. He's just betting you don't. Listen, he realizes that he has no weapon that can equal or overpower a son or daughter of the king who knows who they are. He knows that he can't overcome a royal citizen who understands their citizenship, who understands their position, who understands their rights and privileges as sons and daughters of God. He understands that. Paul declares in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, that our citizenship is in heaven. So what, what does he mean by that? Quite literally, he's saying that the kingdom of heaven is our home, not this earth. Our function for being here is a heavenly one, not an earthly one. Our makeup is heavenly. It's not earthly. But as he said earlier, we are not strangers or aliens in heaven either. So what does that mean? I'm not in heaven yet, but yet we are to live like we are in heaven. He's deputized us. He's given us his authority. He's given us his power. And he's called on us to do something. We have been sent. We are the sent ones. There's a, there's a biblical word that Jesus took from the Greek language uh, that he uses quite a bit. Uh, it's, it's, it's called apostolos, apostoloi, the apostoloi, the sent ones. It's a Greek word uh, which means that uh, to be sent. And Many times when we talk about that word, we, we transliterate it into English as apostles. Uh, 
I'm not here to start a debate on apostles. I'm just simply telling you that God has sent each of us. Every one of the citizens of heaven have been sent. And we've been sent with a purpose. And I want to share that with you. In the ancient world, in the language of Greek in which this word uh, apostle comes out of, apostolos comes out of, it's, it's, it had a specific meaning. Uh, there was a, 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 whenever a country would send out a, a group to conquer, they would send out a fleet, particularly in the Greek culture, there would be a fleet of ships that go out. They were under the command of an admiral. An admiral. This fleet was known as the apostoloi, the 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 apostolos, the the sent ones, and they were sent to do two things. They were sent to conquer, and they were sent to change the culture of the place that they had conquered. God has deputized us. He has sent us to change the culture. Jesus conquered. Jesus won the battle. We have been called to go out and to change the culture of the world that we live in. Uh, these apostoloi would go into to a, to a, a culture and that they would begin to transform it into the culture of their own native land so that when their king visited it, it was just like home. That's what we have been called to do as citizens of the kingdom of God. Heaven's going to be our home, but we are to bring heaven to earth. We are to bring heaven to bear in the places that we we uh, we go, whether it's to the mall or to, to work or to shopping. Right now, it's our home. We're, we're to make our home like heaven. We're to make our workplace like heaven. We're to make our, our shopping place, our schools like heaven. We have been called to import and, and to, to the culture of heaven from which we are a part of and export it to the world around us. We've been sent. Uh, th these were citizen soldiers that went out. They've been sent out uh, under the command of, a, of a, an admiral. And so we've been sent out and we're under the command of our head who is Jesus Christ. And they were to perfectly, they were to change the culture of where they were going into a picture of, of their homeland. They were to conquer it. They were to transform it. It was to look like the land of their citizenship. They were to transform that culture. Listen, is our homeland, is the place that we live really like heaven, or is it? does it look more like hell than it does heaven? I, I don't want you to miss this. and If you do, you're going to miss the reason why you exist as a Christ follower. You're not here to hang on to. You're not here to, uh, to, to, to just hang on until it's time to go to heaven. You're not here uh, just to, to, to get through. You're not here waiting for a rescue mission by Jesus Christ. No, you're here for a purpose. You're here for a reason. You have been sent on a mission. Now, you may think you're a nobody, but God says you're somebody. You may think you can do nothing, but God says you can do all things through Christ. You carry the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. He has given that to us as his citizens. We are emissaries sent out ones into our culture. You remember that, that a part of, 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 of our transference, our deliverance, 
from the kingdom of darkness that we men mentioned a few moments ago, we have been deported to become colonies, to colonize. We have, this, this world is in rebellion. We have been placed where we are specifically. You didn't get where you are right now at this moment by accident. You are there because God has placed you there. And if you know Jesus Christ, you are a citizen of the kingdom. Therefore, you are to colonize that place. You are to take the truth of heaven, the, the kingdom of heaven forward. We do this by transforming culture. We're here. We're sent by the king of kings. We're emissaries with authority and power to bring cultural transformation to this earth. You have the person of the Holy Spirit living in you this morning. You're not by yourself. Uh, you have the same person who raised Jesus from the dead living in you. And so you have the Spirit of God living in you. And he possesses omnipotent power. He has all the power in the world. He's God. And you are a royal citizen. You are a member of God's kingdom. You are a son who has everything the Father has at his disposal. He has given it to you through Jesus Christ. You are the apostoloi. You are the sent ones. We are the sent ones. We're sent to this fallen planet, to this creation that longs to see the redemptive work of Christ loosed in power. Remember what Romans chapter 8, that creation longs for it. The only part of creation, I want you to listen to me this morning, the only part of God's creation that loves sin are the angelic beings and the human beings who are in rebellion. Creation longs for something more. You long for something more. You, learn, you uh, long for something significant. And, and God has given you and I something significant. We've been commissioned. We've been, been empowered. We've been sent to do something. I want you to listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 19 and 20. He says, For the anxious longing of creation waits eagerly. That word waits eagerly there means the creation is standing at attention. It's straining anxiously. It's, 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 it's looking forward to catch a glimpse. It's, it's on point. It's at full attention with rapt and eager anticipation. It says that all creation waits eagerly for the revelation, for the revealing of the sons of God, the firstborn of God, for the firstborn in Christ, those who know who they are and demonstrate they are who they are by doing what God has called them to do, who transform the culture and of this earth into the culture of heaven. He says, for the anxious longings of creation wait eagerly for the revealing, the revelation of the sons of God. For creation was subjected to futility, not of its own free will, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to the from corruption in it to the freedom of glory of the children of God. Did, did you hear that? Creation is waiting for us to do 
what God has called us to do. He, creation is waiting for us to be who God has called us to be. They're waiting for the royal citizen, the kingly priest, the sons of God to step up and be who God's called them to be. Creation is waiting on us to step into our calling, into the freedom that God has given us and become transformers, not corruptors, not destroyers, not wet blankets, but transformers of this hellish culture. The culture of bondage and the culture of corruption that we live on is awaiting transformation by the sons and daughters of the king. It's waiting for the kingdom culture, and God has given us that kingdom culture. We carry that kingdom culture within each of us because the king lives in us. Yes, our, our, our nation right now and many nations around this world need a, need a, a, a cure for COVID-19. But more than a cure for COVID-19, we need a cure for bondage. We need a cure for sin. And that cure is Jesus Christ. And we carry that cure within us. We are citizens who carry a cure. If you had a cure for COVID-19 and you did nothing about it, what kind of person would you be? Listen, many of you this morning, listen to me, are believers. You carry the cure, the deadly cure. There is no answer for sin except Jesus Christ. And without Jesus Christ, a person will die. And then they will die again, and they will be consigned to the fiery pit. They'll go to hell because they don't know Jesus Christ. You say, Nelson, that's hard. That's tough. That's truth. That's the truth. Not my truth, not your truth. That's God's truth. And yet God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to give us freedom, to bring us healing, to give us salvation, deliverance from the state that we're in. And those of us who have been delivered are now citizens. We are now building colonies on this planet, or at least we should be. And we should be bringing people into the kingdom of God through that second birth by sharing the simple truth of Jesus Christ. Listen, the only part of the kingdom that loves that are the fallen angels and, and, and those that are in sin right now, that, that love uh, the sinful part. God has called us to change that because creation is longing. You can hear creation crying out. Creation is waiting on us to step into the place where God's called us to do. He, 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 God has given us the ability through Jesus Christ to transform this hellish culture into the culture of heaven. He's given us the ability to turn this corruption uh, into a heavenly culture, a kingdom culture. We are the sent ones. We are the ones who have been deputized. We are the apostoloi, the apostolos, the royal citizens of heaven, the royal citizens of God's kingdom. And you know what? We have everything we need to accomplish that except one thing. Now, I want you to hear me. The only thing that we are missing is want to. Most of us don't want to. We don't want to because we don't have a clue of who we are or what we're doing here. Many, many believers are eagerly awaiting a rescue mission that they believe will someday happen. 
Many Christians are waiting on Jesus to come and rescue them from this place. When in reality, he has put us in whatever place we're in so that we can be his emissary, so that we can change the culture of where we're at, so that we can turn that culture into the, the culture of heaven instead of the culture of hell. But many, many, many believers are awaiting a rescue. And I just, I want to be straight up with you. I want to be truthful to you. God's not coming to rescue you. When Jesus returns, he is returning for a victorious bride who has, who has done what she was supposed to do, who has gone out and followed the, the commands of her bridegroom. Jesus is returning for a victorious bride. He's not coming on a rescue mission to get us. He's not coming to take us to the great by and by, to a home in the sky. Listen to me. There's not going to be a rescue mission. The rapture is not a rescue mission. The second coming is not a rescue mission. We are not under attack. I don't know if you realize this, but as a believer, your master, Jesus Christ, has won the victory. He is Christ the victor, not Christ the defeated, not Christ the vanquished. He is Christ the victor. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 16, verse 18, he says, on this rock, on the declaration of who I am, I am the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell shall not overpower it. You and I are not fighting for our lives. If you're fighting for our, your life right now as a believer, you have left your position in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 tells us that we are seated in the heavenlies with Jesus Christ. You need to stay seated. Jesus has won the victory. You just need to live out who you are. You need to take and carry that kingdom that is within you into every place you go. And you need to begin to transform culture by just being who you are. But if you don't know who you are, you can't transform the culture around you. Instead, the culture will transform you. Jesus calls on us to understand that we are citizens of, of heaven. If I don't have a clue who I am and what I'm doing, I won't do anything. I want to tell you another truth and share another truth. Darkness. I, I know many believers, and this is this is a this is a truth here. It is getting darker and darker. There's no doubt about that. But we have many of the Christians have resolved themselves to that. That's just the way it is. No, Jesus put us here as salt and is light. Darkness cannot overwhelm the light of God or the light of Christ. The light always conquers darkness. And the life, Jesus says, I am the life, the life worth living. That life worth living always overcomes death. Darkness cannot overwhelm the light of Christ, and that life that death cannot overcome, overwhelm the, the life of Jesus Christ. According to God's word, God can't lie. We're the children of light. That's who you are. We are bearers of that light. We are bearers of that eternal and abundant life. We are possessors of resurrection life. We are transformers of culture. We are citizens of heaven. And we've been sent to colonize to bring heaven to earth. 
That's why Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. Listen to what he says, on earth as it is in heaven. We are here to continue the victory of Jesus Christ. Listen, we're not fighting for victory right now. We're fighting from victory. We are enforcing the victory of Jesus Christ. Darkness cannot overwhelm us. Bondage cannot overwhelm us. If we will live out who we are, we are royal citizens. You're a royal citizen of God's kingdom. You carry the kingdom within you. Every place you place your foot is ground that already belongs to the king. We're not fighting to take back the earthly real estate. Jesus Christ owns this planet. He owns creation because he created it. We are trying to transform what has been darkened, what has been enslaved, what has been put into bondage. We're transforming places into the culture of heaven. We carry the kingdom, and wherever we are, the kingdom is present. Every place we put our foot is ground that already belongs to the king. So when are you going to plant the flag of Jesus Christ and take possession of what belongs to the king? Wherever you are this morning, whatever you're doing, you are still and apostolize. You are a sent one from God. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're still a citizen of Jesus Christ. You're still a citizen of his kingdom. And you've been sent to plant the flag and take possession of what already belongs to the king. When are you going to do it? If not, you who? If not now, when? What are we waiting for? I want to speak to those of you this morning just for a moment that are believers. You need to step into your citizenship. You don't understand who you are? Read Ephesians chapter 1. Read Ephesians chapter 2. It's very clear. Paul tells us there. If you know Jesus Christ this morning, stop worrying about what you're going to do and start doing what Jesus has called you to. Get on the phone. I realize you can't make visits right now, but you can get on the phone. You can call people you love that, that don't know Jesus Christ, and you can share with them. You can, you can call people that you are friends with that don't know Jesus Christ. You can send encouraging emails. Get out of the culture of, of desperation and, and fear and get into the culture of encouragement. Build up. Don't tear down. Share the simple truth of Jesus Christ. That simple truth is that Jesus came because God loves his creation. He loves men and women and boys and girls. We chose to sin. We were born into sin because of, of our ancestors. And then we choose to sin on our own. And yet God didn't walk away from it. He didn't wash his hands of it. No, he sent his son into it. And his son came, and Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. He never sinned. And because he, there was no sin in him, it made him a sacrifice for us. He stepped in and took our place. He died for us. But he didn't stay dead. 
because of, of, of God's acceptance of what Jesus had done, God raised him up from the dead on the third day. And now he is alive forevermore. Jesus became us and died for us so that we could be with him, so that we could be a part again of God's kingdom, so that we could be citizens. He's done everything that we uh, are required to do. He's left us only one thing, and that is to simply believe the truth of who he is and what he's done. So I want to speak this morning, not just to the church. I want to speak to, to men and women and boys and girls who you may have stumbled across this. I want you to know something this morning. God loves you. He loves you enough that he sent his very own son to die for you. And when he died for you, he paid the price for you to become a citizen of the kingdom of God. He paid a price so that you could live with him forever and ever and ever. And scripture says all you have to do is place your faith. In other words, believe in him. Rest on him. Uh, Romans chapter 10. Verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, that means you, you, you believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he's Lord, that he's boss. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You believe that Jesus did what he, what he said he did. He died on the cross for your sin and that he was raised on the third day and that he's alive. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You shall be delivered. You shall be born from above. For it's with the heart that we believe. This is a belief not of the mind. This is a belief in the heart that results in righteousness. It's with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness. And then with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. If you believe in your heart, and you confess it with your mouth. You say it out loud. Lord, I believe that you are the Savior of the world who's been sent to save me, to forgive my sins. Lord, I ask you right now in Jesus' name to forgive me. I invite you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to, 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 to renew me, to save me. I give you lordship in my life. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he was born. Uh, he, was, he was raised from the dead on the third day. Lord, I believe that. Now I ask you to transform me. I'm going to ask you to do that right now. I want to pray with you, and then I want to say a few words, and, and we'll be done this morning. Father, I just pray right now for everyone under the sound of my voice. I pray that... Uh, Lord, those who are believers will step into their identity. They will step into their inheritance. They will be everything that you have called them to be, uh, that they'll be citizens and they'll act like citizens. And Lord, right now, I want to ask you uh, for that man or that woman, that little boy, that little girl that's listening right now, that, that they're not sure they know you. Lord, I want to ask you right now to move in their heart. I want to ask you, Lord, to... Uh, to show them that if they'll call out on your name, Lord, save me. Come into my heart. Give me life. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, you'll do that right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I, I want to pray for those who've done that right now. 
I want to pray that you'll bless them, that you'll encourage them. I want to pray, Father, that, that you'll put them in touch with a, with a Bible-preaching, Bible-believing church. And Father, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I will say this, and then we'll be done this morning. Uh, we don't know uh, what the next few weeks are going to hold, but we know who holds the next few weeks. That's Jesus Christ. We trust him. Uh, we're going to uh, continue to, to worship together. And if it means meeting this way, we'll do that. Uh, we're going to pray that God will uh, get rid of this virus, that, uh, that he'll give answers to those that uh, are fighting it, and that he'll give confidence to those of us who are, are good citizens of the kingdom, that we'll share what we need to share. We'll do what he's called us to do. Again, I'm going to ask you to contact uh, people that you know. Uh, check on them. Uh, there, there are different ways you can serve without coming in contact. Don't just sit at home and do nothing. Be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. God bless you today from Eagles Wing Church. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. Amen.